because we went walking through like one of those little alleyways that's just wall to wall restaurants and we ended up just peeking inside this little window and we saw that it was a sushi place and there just was like two little squish seats and we were like let's go let's just go try it (laughs) so we ended up at this like what we thought was like a hole in the wall spot right and we were sitting next to this guy who was uh, he was a local and he was like a businessman, just got off of work, started asking us like where we were from. And he told us, he's like, you know, you guys are really lucky. It's like, usually it takes forever to get into this place and it's usually always packed. And apparently it was like, wow, very well known, but it was just a small little place with like, I don't know, maybe eight seats in it. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. All right, this time I want to would like to welcome my guest, Drea S- uh, Sandoval. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> awesome. Great. Um, uh, Drea is a musician, a podcast producer, and a traveler, and we're excited that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for asking me to be on this. I actually really love this topic, and it's something that I feel like comes up a lot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> a bucket list or the, or the actual item that you crossed off? Uh, just bucket list. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Great. Like crossing off bucket list items, adding things to my bucket list all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my hopes for the show is that people will actually hear something and go, Oh, I've never heard of that. Or that, does, you know, um, and it's fun for oh, me. Yeah. As, even as the host, there's a lot of times uh, somebody introduced me to the 88 temples trail in Japan, which is a pilgrimage around one of the islands that there's like 88 temples and it takes like four months. And like, mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. I want, I would like to do that <laughs> put that on my list. So um, that's one of the goals of the show. It's, yeah. I definitely have not heard of that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, very <laughs> interesting trick. Um, so tell us what is the item that you're going to talk to us today that you crossed off your list? Um, so that's interesting. Cause the thing I crossed off was actually in Japan <laughs> was having an omakase style sushi dinner in japan which is just kind of like it's like a fun travel thing i put on my bucket list and basically what omakase is is i believe it's japanese it's either for japanese for you pick or chef's choice so yeah it's just like a a curation of whatever the chef picks for that day and for that meal but then also i've just been so fascinated with sushi and just like the the training behind it and the culture behind it sure. and there's so much more than people would expect and i've been really into like documentaries and stuff about okay. it so <laughs> nice yeah um you'll have to give me a list of those so i can include them in the show notes um so what, is there something that you could like compare it to i mean it's 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 not conveyor belt sushi it's not like you just press a button oh, and no, whatever no, no, comes no. it it seems from what i've looked at is it's very um specialized and, and is a more of like a treat is there is there anything that you can like yeah analogy that you could bring that people might 
Oh man. I mean, I guess the only analogy I could think of is like, if you were going to go to, let's say a restaurant tasting and it was like a set menu, Okay, that's kind of the only thing I could say because it's, yeah, it's whatever the chef's pick is. And, you know, they try to do usually like what's in season or like whatever they're favoring at that time. Okay. And so what was that? Have, have you done it um, where you live and then wanted to go do it there? Or is, how did you learn about it? Um, definitely just from, like I said, the documentaries and stuff I've been watching about sushi, but I also really love food shows and travel shows. Okay. So I've, I've seen it a lot. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of funny because, so I went to Japan with a friend in 2019. One of the things I had on my bucket list, I was like, we have to do this. And I actually, we had planned to go to this like super nice fancy restaurant where they do it. And we, we wanted to just like, you know, go all out and get super dressed up one night and go do it. But we ended up not even doing that because we, we did so much walking and we had so much stuff to do that we were so tired. (laughs) And I actually kind of liked the way we ended up doing it was because we went walking through like one of those little alleyways. That's just Uh. wall to wall restaurants. And we ended up just peeking inside this little window and we saw that it was a sushi place and there just was like two little squish seats. And we were like, let's go, let's just go try it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So we ended up at this, like what we thought was like a hole in the wall spot. Right. And we were sitting next to this guy who was, uh, he was a local and he was like a businessman just got off of work and started asking us like where we were from and he told us, he's like, you know, you guys are really lucky. He's like, usually it takes forever to get into this place and it's usually always packed. And apparently it was like, wow, very well known, but it was just a small little place with like, I don't know, maybe eight seats in it. And he said, yeah, yeah. He's like, I walk by this place every day after work just for a chance to see if I can get in. Wow. We were like, oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Those are the greatest travel experiences when you happen onto something oh, like that. Yeah, for sure. And so is this, so is this experience, um, of eating sushi in this way, is it, is it a lot more expensive than typically? I mean, you obviously stumbled upon a nice place to do it, but is, is it typically a, a more expensive than just regular sushi or is it about the same? I think it depends on where you go. Cause yeah, like we originally had planned to go to this like upscale place. And then this place we found, even though it was popular, it was not very expensive. And huh. yeah, having and there was not much more than going anywhere else. It was just, everything was just very good quality. And mm. yeah, like you could definitely taste the difference. Like, I mean, being in Tokyo compared to being out oh, here, sure, obviously. Sure, sure right. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are definitely uh, states in the United States that I would not get sushi in, like Arizona and Indiana are probably not places I would uh, want. You know, it's, it's so funny though, because I live in Las Vegas. I live in the middle of a desert. And for some reason... All you can eat sushi places are such a big thing out here. <laughs> well, there's probably a good, healthy stream of, of, of <laughs> good fish coming into Las Vegas for obvious reasons for making sure the guests yeah. are taken well care of. Um, so yeah, there's you, definitely good places out here. <laughs> yeah. So you sit down uh, at the counter and what happens? Uh, well, so they do have a regular set menu, but then they had the omakase option. And so that's what... Um, my friend decided to do and it yeah just like having that 
enclosed intimate space and then you know like having the two chefs in front of you like mm-hmm. making everything in front of you and like handing you everything one by one kind of added to like the personal experience of it did they uh cater to your taste like if they gave you something and you didn't like it then you were like yeah that was okay did they did they use that in and have what they prepared next because it, oh. it's it's piece by piece right it's not it's it's not like they're fixing whole rolls and putting them in front of you. It's it's more. Um, I oh man, I can't remember that part. I think he kind of had something already decided, but he was like checking as he went. Um, but yeah, it's definitely more more like pieces of sushi than rolls of anything. And um, like, how much was um, how many pieces was it? Was it was it like 10, 12 pieces, or was it was it? four or five was it was it more like tapas or was it more like a banquet (laughs) (laughs) um i'd say somewhere in the middle it definitely wasn't like it definitely wasn't like too small or anything but it was a good it was a good amount and then we sat and had sake and just like had a couple conversations with the guy we met and then the we tried to talk to the chefs they spoke a little bit english not too much but they definitely like knew enough to have a conversation And my friend spoke a little bit of Japanese. So like overall, we just like had such a memorable experience. And then going to Tokyo was actually the number one bucket list item for my friend. So just like everything kind of just like kept falling into place and just like being like even the little things were very exciting for us. Right. So was there a specific piece that the chef prepared that was that you'd never heard of before or never, you said you'd done, done a lot of research on sushi. Was there anything that surprised you uh, with, with what they prepared and gave you that you liked that you you never heard of, or that you didn't think you might like when they handed it to you? Well, there was nothing that I'd never heard of, but the uni they had, the eel mm-hmm. was incredible. It was like, it was like butter. It was like nothing I've wow. ever had before. Yeah, it was amazing. And do you think that that's because it's because you were eating the sushi in Tokyo or was it because of that way that chef prepared it? It could have been a combination of both because definitely I think just the quality of fish they get. Because even going to, um, there was like a fish market out there mm-hmm. that I went to. And so they basically are catching and preparing within hours and right. having, yeah, getting to have that too. Like you could just tell I think the quality has a lot to do with just their accessibility to it as well. So there any concerns about sushi and the consumption of sushi and, and what that's doing to the oceans or the fish? Is there, do you have any personal like convictions about any of that? I do for sure. Especially because I'm, I'm such a big seafood person. I love seafood and I love fish, but yeah, that's definitely something that's prevalent on my mind, especially with, like I said, in Vegas, there's so many like all you can eat sushi places. So it's such a mass consumption mm-hmm. and it definitely worries me and tries to make me think differently about my habits. But then also like I start to wonder with somewhere like Japan, where it's such a big part of their culture, how could you so drastically change that when it's, and I mean, obviously there are things that have always been a certain way that just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it shouldn't change. But yeah, I'm curious about how it would affect somewhere where it's more prevalent in the culture than say out here. 
where it's been more like you say Vegas it's they've kind of co-opted that mm-hmm. and it's not really never would have that been sushi probably been a part of the desert <laughs> culture had it not yeah. been for the creation of Las Vegas right mm-hmm. yeah I mean it definitely makes you think twice for sure <laughs> since you had this experience in Tokyo and in Japan have you since like Oh, I'll try it here. I'll try it in another city in the United States. Have you have you done that? And is there you know, I actually haven't thought about that, but like now that you mention it, I have a couple nice places out here that do do that, but it's just never really been on my mind. But I also think I don't take enough opportunity to explore my own city. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which yeah. I should, but I definitely don't. Yeah, we we I think we all kind of uh take for granted where we live i know um i lived in san diego for a while and mm-hmm. <clears throat> friends were there would i say what'd you do this weekend and we'd say oh we did this and we did that and they're like oh i forgot that stuff's even here so i think yeah that, i think it happens wherever <laughs> you live there's there's lots of opportunities all around you but you just so busy in your daily grind that you don't take oh it definitely yeah whenever i go to another city and i have friends there i'm like oh do you do this and that they're like no never i never <laughs> so is there one thing about this experience that um if someone said oh i'm going to tokyo you know, i'm going to tokyo and not necessarily um suggesting that restaurant but is there yeah. something about the experience that you t- say to somebody oh well, if you do this make sure that you yes i mean for me especially with tokyo because i was there for eight days and i still feel like there was so much more i could have done and I feel like my plans changed so much while I was there. So the one thing I would say is just be open to wandering around because you never mm. know what you can find. Yeah, definitely. With your experience, that definitely comes across as yeah as a, sure. as a benefit that, that you were able to handle. And I, mm-hmm. but yeah. also don't be afraid to venture out because there was a point in time where my friend and I just kind of we wanted to stray away from like the tourist areas and just kind of see what we could find and what the experience would be like. And Mm -hmm. even though away from those areas, like English wasn't so much and people were still incredibly friendly, always very willing to help. And, you know, we used whatever we could to try and um, translate and pick up a few Japanese phrases and things. So, I mean, just, yeah, definitely be, I think people need to be more open-minded in general when they travel. <clears throat> I had a friend that I was, I was talking about this podcast and was talking about um, people traveling and he's like, Oh, make sure you get their tools that they used, you know, to travel yeah. so that you can share that. And I think one of the, the tools that at least this past summer, when I was in Spain for a month, I found was that locals know best. <laughs> and they're, mm-hmm. the, they're the best tool. We, uh, for sure. I walked the Camino de Santiago first day, first night, I met a young Spanish uh, guy and wound up walking with him to all the way to Pampalone, which is uh, which where he was from. And so mm-hmm. he, that night he took us to all the tapas bars that were the best, but not the most yeah. frequented. And it's like, yes. So yeah, I'm so glad Eni was there to have that experience because we would have just gone to the ones that Rick Steves would have told us to go to. And there's nothing wrong with Rick Steves. Oh but, yeah. But but it's like everybody you know goes to those same places and oh yeah, of course. Reads, reads those same guidebooks. So definitely for me, finding locals 
that speak language and know what's good and what's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that is something bit. I always try to do when I travel, making friends with locals. Well, I also just, you know, like to make friends when I'm traveling, especially because I mostly travel alone. Mm-hmm. But I always ask locals for recommendations and like even being out here in Vegas, being at such a tourist place, when people ask me for recommendations, mm-hmm. I try to give different suggestions right. than what they normally would do. Stuff that might then, not be on the strip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, another thing about traveling too, I feel like is important. A lot of people don't do is just trying to learn little things about the culture and like what is respectful and not respectful in certain mm-hmm. places because it differs so much. And it's like something so small to you might be something much more important to someone else. So just like taking the time to get to know those things about the place you're going. So with that, with the the style of sushi, was there anything that was important that uh, when you sat down at that restaurant, that's like, okay, I got to remember to do this. I got to remember to do, you know. There were certain things that I've seen, like in all these yeah. shows and stuff that I watch, that I, I don't know if they like specifically at the restaurants and stuff care, but just certain things of like how we mix wasabi with Mm. soy sauce is not typically something (laughs) they do. But then also usually in the States, wasabi out here is not real wasabi. So out there it's the real stuff. So it's so much more pungent. And so there's such a stronger taste. So kind of like to already have that in my head and be prepared for that. Right. Just like with eating in general, like the certain things out there, like it's, it's seen very disrespectful to like walk in the streets and be eating and drinking just Mm. like things like that too was Uh good to learn before I went. Did you, did you learn those from the documentaries that you watched or was that, or from somebody you talked to or book you read? Um, I did kind of like, I specifically went and looked up things of like things that I should know before I go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like just certain things that are respectful and not respectful, like to be on your cell phone, having a conversation on the train or something. It's just typically not something people do Right. just little things like that. But then, yeah, the, the food stuff, the dinner stuff, I definitely had in the back of my mind just from watching all these shows. Is there something you would have added to it or you feel like you missed out or if you were going to go do it again, would, would you do something differently or add something to it? I probably would have, honestly, I probably would have just been more prepared with my cash so that I could have ordered more. Okay. <laughs> because yeah, because I they didn't take card at this place because it was such a small place. Wow. And I only had a certain amount of money on me. So I did still get to have a good dinner, but I would have probably indulged a little bit more, taken a little bit more advantage if okay. I could have. What is one thing on your bucket list that's completely or life goal list? I know some people don't like to call them bucket list, but um yeah. what uh What's the one thing that like is completely different than this eating experience in Tokyo? What What's something that's completely different? Well, I mean, my bucket list has a lot of different things that are very different, but I think the one that has been on there the longest, and I think that's like my one huge life goal mm-hmm. is to hear an audience sing back my own song lyrics oh, to wow. me and like, and have that moment with like the the lights and the lighters and that whole thing you always see like sure that yes that vision has always been like my number one bucket list item wow that is uh, that's yeah. intense that is big and intense <laughs> it is yeah. it definitely is i always think of uh 
when people talk about that kind of experience, I always think about um, Queen and mm-hmm. and that time when uh, I think it was Live Aid uh, when he was that call and response that he had with the audience that right before they started playing. And it's just like that, that, that just watching that gives me chills. It does, Yeah. Every time I see like a, any kind of photo or a shot from someone from that perspective, that angle, mm-hmm. it, it gives me chills. And there, I remember the first time I saw, I think the movie is called Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yeah. The queen movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw it in theaters and there was a scene where he was, watching one of their concerts played back with his wife and they were it was that whole moment everyone had their lighters they were singing one of their love songs back to them and I remember the person I was watching it with I was like that's I was like that picture has always been in my mind to have Mm -hmm. that moment and I I want that in my life (laughs) yeah and even becomes more intense when you see it like you can think about it but when you see it happening like that and have a visual Mm -hmm. of it that makes it yeah yeah, and it was more intense for me because I'll- I was actually alive and watched that live. So, so I remember oh, it. Wow. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm that old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. I just I recognize <laughs> the fact I'm pretty old. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I hope you get that. I think that would be really Thank awesome. Um, and yeah. I think it would be awesome if it was 300 people or 70,000. I think it would probably, yeah. either way, it would probably be cool. No matter the no matter the amount, if it was ten people and someone knew a song of mine and they knew the words and mm-hmm. sang it back, to, like just having that type of experience, no matter the number. That's cool. What is the next thing you're gonna cross off your bucket list? So I actually was recently talking to a friend about this because there's only a, like a little bit more than a month left in the year, mm-hmm. and I am determined to cross something off. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. yet. Okay, but I really want to fly a plane and I don't know if that's possible but I'm trying to figure that out right now if I can try and do that for the end of the year um man, typically on the first some... lesson I think they do let you like for a yeah, I think bit. they do I have a friend, yeah I have a friend that just his uh his girlfriend bought him uh, just one flying lesson and he got to hold the stick and do a little bit so I, I think mm-hmm. you, that's probably so that possible. That might be the one that I do because that seems the most accessible because a lot of the ones I have, I think are, you know, travel, travel ones. And I don't think I have Mm. time to make that happen. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of other like little things I could do. I mean, I still haven't been to the Grand Canyon and I'm so close to it. Yeah. So like I, that might be something I could do. Well, cool. Well, I hope you get a chance to fly a plane before the end of the year. I think that'd be awesome. Thank you. I think that might be the one I focus on. Okay, great. Uh, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm, uh, I had no idea what omakase, is that what I say? Omakase yes. style mm-hmm. sushi was until you, until you mentioned it, that you had crossed it off. And uh, so I'm appreciative of this conversation. And uh, if I ever get to Tokyo, I will do that. So I will, I will definitely yes. sit down and have that experience because uh, it sounds awesome. For uh, sure. Drea, thank you so much for being here. Uh, wish you all the best in, in your thank future. Thank you so much and for having me. How can folks uh, find more information about you? I know you're a musician and you have podcasts. How can people find more information about those things? Um, well, on my Instagram account, my personal Instagram the name is Drazy May, and I have links to all that stuff. Cool. Uh, the name of the podcast is Unpopular Passion. It's on all the major podcast outlets. 
Um, but also if you just go to my website, uh, dreasandoval.com, there's links to pretty much everything on there, the podcast, YouTube, all that stuff. Awesome. I highly encourage folks to do that. And thank you again so much for being here and uh, best wishes on, on crossing more stuff off your list. No, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I love talking about stuff like this. So thank you. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list.